You're listening to Joy Coaching America with the Joy Coach, Karen Lynn Grant, spreading upbeat, uplifting, informative messages of hope and happiness from sea to shining sea from our home in the beautiful Rocky Mountains. Welcome to Joy Coaching America. This is Karen Lynn Grant, and today I have the honor and the privilege of introducing you to Matt Browning. And Matt Browning is an amazing man in my life. And to carry on the theme of honoring men and fathers and extraordinary men that are doing wonderful things, I, I've asked Matt to be interviewed here today. I want to just share a little bit with you about Matt. Matt is a former writer for Forbes, a two-time best-selling author and host of the top Apple charting podcast, The Driven Entrepreneur, and syndicated on 16 AM FM stations coast to coast. He filmed in the movie The Journey with Brian Tracy and Bob Proctor, and you've seen him all over morning television on ABC, CBS, NBC, The CW, and Fox. Matt has shared his message at places like the Harvard Club, McAfee, New York Life, NASDAQ, and soon the United States Air Force Academy. Matt is an avid motorcycle rider, church leader, and rock climber, climbing technical roped ascents of mountains like Mount Whitney and Half Dome in Yosemite. He resides in Grand Rapids, Michigan, with amazing, his amazing wife, Lola, and awesome son, Valiant. I wish that you could all see Matt because he's got these beautiful piercing blue eyes and this amazing smile. Oh no, here we go. And, and I am just so excited to be here with you today, Matt, and to be interviewing you with so much hope for America. I would love for you just to jump in and share begin sharing about this Firefox principle, this Firefox box. Karen, I, I love that you started this with hope because I think right now I, I haven't been filled with more hope than I do in a long time. Um, not just for America, but for the entire world. You know, it's the middle of 2021. We're beginning to open back up. Some places are full-fledged rocking and rolling. There's still struggles. There's still some quagmires here and there. But by and large, we as human beings are coming up and coming out. It's a phoenix rising from the ashes. And I'm ready for, you know, what's coming next. A lot of people are moving into a fresh season in life, fresh motivation, fresh inspiration. And I'm right there with you, you know, in my business and in my family life and our church life, we're ready to go. It's amazing how resilient we, the people are, isn't it? I just, I love watching the resiliency and going out on the street and seeing cars, lots of cars going down the roads. I am so excited to see people up and about and at it again. It's just, I've never been more excited to see conglomerations of people meeting and, and just out doing their thing and being excited about life again. Yeah, being out, I, I mean, the gyms are packed. I was playing tennis this morning and man, like, you know, all the courts are booked and pe people are, and it's not just about congregating or masks or whatever. It's really about the, the feeling inside of it's time to get up. It's time to go out 
of the house. It's time to live my life. And a lot of us are figuring out, you know, what is not the new normal, but what does life look like in this next season? You know, what does the new season look like, uh, you know, in, in life and business and everything else? And uh, you said we're having you know, a men's week or a father's week for Father's Day. And, you know, as a father, I look, I have a 10 year old son named Val and I think about him all the time. And what's his future look like? And I, I believe it's very bright. I believe it's very, very bright. And I'm giving them every tool and resource uh, that we can, including resiliency. Well, I love it. And I love that Val's name is not just Val. It's Valiant. I think that is a great legacy to give your son. And you know, today, I love what you're saying. I love that we're out and about. And what we're doing is we are teaching people to dream again right? A lot of people felt like their hopes were dwindling, wondering if, if life was ever going to be normal. Today, my husband and I were dreaming. We went RV shopping. And as I was- There you go. Tennis shoes, walking in my tennis shoes, just dreaming because my father had an RV and loved to RV. I looked up at the sky and it was so huge and limitless and tears just started streaming, streaming down my cheeks. I just, my husband caught up with me and I just said, I cannot believe how wonderful it is to breathe without a mask, to breathe in the limitless azure blue sky above me and just to take it all in. I'm so excited. And Matt, that leads me to dreaming. Uh, you coach people. You are beyond an expert at coaching. You also help people to find their expertise. And I don't want to jump ahead of anything that. that we could interview you on today because there's so much we could fill many shows, but you are an expert in your field of coaching. And I would love for you to share with our listening audience right now, what inspired you to become the expert in your field. You do NLP, you do coaching, you help other people find their dream, find their area of expertise, refine their story and get out there in the world and share. So help our listening audience to understand what you do to help people discover their gifts, expertise, talents, and strengths. I appreciate you saying all those nice things. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, um, I, I have been I have been at this for quite a while, uh, fifteen years now, uh, but it didn't always start out that way. You know, I, I've been an entrepreneur since I can remember. I, I, I just was telling I had an interview just before this and share the story of when I was six years old. I, I write a note to my parents saying I'm running away for my dream job to become an ice cream man. At six, I, I can't imagine, <laughs> I can't imagine a better job than what I thought, of course, at the time was living in an ice cream truck, right? Because that's what you would do. <laughs> now, I, I never ran away, but I saved the note in my top drawer. My mom found it like a week later, but I just thought, man, there's got to be a better life than this. And what better <laughs> life than being an ice cream man? I've sold skateboard wheels. Um, I, you know, I've done everything I could imagine, uh, going along to be an entrepreneur. And I started my first business at 21 doing real estate. Within a short period of time, about five years, I began making a lot of money. And for me at my age, early 20s, I'm talking a lot, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. I had millions of dollars in property that I was buying and flipping at the time. And and then in 2008, the bottom fell out from under me because I was highly leveraged um, with negative amortization loans, with the dream, right, that the properties will always go up. And I got caught like a lot of America did. I got caught. 
And when the dust settled, I was almost dead even. And I had to start again. Now, during this process, I found a guy named Tony Robbins. You might have heard of Tony, the guy with the big head, big, big teeth, huge hands. Um, I, I love Tony. I, I've been to every event of his. But in my early 20s, I found Tony and I went to an event with our real estate company. And what shocked me was I thought he was this motivating guy, but it turned out he was more of almost a psychologist. He was getting to the root of what people are doing and why they're thinking the way they are and helping them to break out of limiting beliefs and changing neurological patterns and, and behavior patterns and setting new goals. And it just hit me. I remember watching him on stage helping a woman that was depressed completely shed it and get rid of it. And this was a multi-day event. I saw her uh, days later at the event and the change stuck. And, and he even does interviews with people six months, two years later, and you watch that lives have changed. So long story short, I saw that and somewhere inside me, a little voice said, Matt, you're made for more than this. And there's nothing wrong with doing mortgages or selling real estate or whatever it is that you do. But that voice inside me said, I mean, you're good at doing real estate, I guess. And it turned out I was only okay at it. But I knew that I made for more. So I started pursuing the path of becoming the best I could imagine, which was a life coach. And I began speaking and putting on seminars and just to anyone who would listen. My first seminar was a big success, Karen. There were six people there. Two of them were my parents and four of them were friends that came to support me. I made no money from it, but one woman, and I always share the story, changed my life forever. Her name was Kay, Japanese exchange student who was a friend at the time as well. She came up to me at the end of my one day seminar and said, Matt, I made a new decision today and you've changed my life. And I just looked at this beautiful soul and I thought, this is it. I'm going to do this the rest of my life. I don't care if I'm doing it from the gutter or doing it from a palace. That doesn't matter. I'm helping people change their lives. And I've been blessed to do that for the last 15 years. You know, what is so exciting to me, Matt, is that when you think about that one woman, she also changed your life because in receiving your gift, she gave you such an amazing vote of affirmation that if you had that much power and influence to change one woman's life, think of the ripple effect. I know that you have changed my life and I'm already sharing you with many of my friends. Uh, you are the one behind all the podcasts, behind all of the 64 things that are now available. Uh, and, and you had to wait for me to get ready. I mean, I may have asked you to help, but you had to wait for me to get the courage and the strength to do this. But I am finding that it is such a joy when you find your gift, your talent, your strength. And the beautiful thing is that Matt Browning is out there, folks. He is out there on a mission to bless, to encourage, to edify, to uplift everyone, anyone who has a message to deliver, a story to share, and a difference to make. We'll be right back with more of Joy Coaching America interviewing Matt Browning.
from sea to shining sea and beyond. You're listening to Joy Coaching America Worldwide with show host and Joy Coach, Karen Lynn Grant. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America. This is Karen Lynn Grant. Oh, I'm so excited to be here in this month of June interviewing the men that have made a difference in my life. And Matt Browning, I have to say that if I could share you with everyone I know, because you are an instiller of faith, and I love that you are faith-based, that you are Christian-based, that you have so much diversity in you and understand so many people from so many walks of life. I love that in the last segment, you shared about your little six-year-old boy self, your little inner child. And how he was bound and determined to become an ice cream man. And that was his first experience with entrepreneurialism. And Matt, when we, when we go through life, don't you think it's really easy to, to get detached from that absolutely driven entrepreneur age six. And we, we lose sight of, of that, of those dreams and of those aspirations that we had as little children. And then we need someone like you to come along and help pick up the pieces and help us to reframe this identity that we have adopted, adapted to, and really get back to that enthusiastic, passionate, soulful self, age six, and take that with us on into the future. So tell us, where do you start in helping somebody to find their driven entrepreneur? What a loaded question. I love that, Karen. You know, wow. you, you mentioned, well, well you, you said a lot in there, you know, you use the word adapted and, and I speak about that a lot at my live seminars and workshops about the concept of every behavior that we do, every belief we have, I would call an adaption. Right. Maslow talks about if you study psychology and Maslow's hierarchy of developmental periods, age zero to seven is what we call the imprint period. And you may have heard that already. Of course, it's not uh, it's pretty famous. Um, but during the imprint period, this is when essentially our beliefs, thoughts, emotional reactions, viewpoints of the world are really being imprinted upon us by what we go through. We're making a meaning out of things without really knowing it. I call that adapting. So just a quick example, say I'm five years old and I watch my mom and dad fight over a checkbook. Well, it doesn't mean I'm destined to be poor, but it also doesn't mean I'm destined to be rich. It means whatever my unconscious mind makes it mean at the time. So I might look at mom and dad fighting over the checkbook and think, oh my gosh, if money makes mom and dad fight and that's scary because you know they might leave, then I better make sure I stay away from money, my subconscious mind says. Or... But, you know, brother right next to me might look at mom and dad fighting over the checkbook and say, wow, they, they can't pay their bills. And that means I'm going to do whatever it takes to have money. And then each one of us walks into our childhood with these adaptions set up. What my job, and it's actually quite easy to do, you know, I'm sure there, there's there's tricks to it, but it's easy enough to do because all I need to do is like be kind of like, like an archaeologist. I just need to listen uncover and listen and watch for the patterns that people have created around emotions around beliefs and the easiest way to figure out what someone believes is to look at how they act right you can tell me what you believe all day long but show me how you act i want to see what your behaviors are what your habits are those actually reflect your true beliefs 
And Karen, if your beliefs are congruent with your actions, meaning you're happy with what you do and you're happy with what you believe, then you are on a great trajectory, whether it's in business or otherwise. And you know, you'll have motivation, you'll have inspiration. The trouble is when your beliefs are not congruent with your actions, you know, you believe that you're a good person, but you lie constantly, or you believe you're worthless, but you try work to work hard. Either way, they're going to be incongruent, and we got to do some inner work. And that's what I've been doing, again, in workshops, seminars, and coaching for so many years, helping people get congruent. I love it. You know, I think about how, how many of us, just for an example, how many of us have studied nutrition? And then somebody tries to tell us what we should eat and how we should, you know, pattern our our health choices. And we're like, I already know. I already know all that. I've already studied it. I already know that. We may not be the walking, living, breathing example of health because we're not congruent in what we know and how we're behaving when we reach for that ho-ho or that Twinkie. So I love what you're doing, helping people to identify beliefs and then then uh, kind of draw in their behaviors so that behaviors and beliefs begin matching. And then you don't feel split. You don't feel that nagging unhappiness because if you believe that walking every day is a great thing to do, then getting out there and doing it is acting in your belief system and it, and it feels good and it makes you happy. And then you start to have joy because your heart, mind, body, and spirit are lined up in integrity with what you believe and value. That's right. And remember too, Karen, it, it works both ways. So to use your example of if I believe walking every day brings happiness and health, the question is, that's my belief, but then I need to look at my action. So for instance, sometimes you have to change a belief, but sometimes you have to change the action. So if I believe walking brings health, but my action is I'm not doing it, well, you have two choices, right? You can either change your belief, which you can do, and you can say, you know what, walking stinks and I get sweaty, and I hate it, and you know what's really great? Sitting on the couch and eating bonbons, that is that brings health. So if you change your belief and it matches your actions, you'll actually find happiness as long as you really believe it. So the question I want you to ask yourself, you know, and you, whoever, <laughs> the whole audience right now is, what needs to, if I'm unhappy in an area in life, which one of these has to change? Is it my belief system, or is it my habits and actions? Okay. If I believe a relationship should be happy, loving, supportive, and I look around in my relationship and it's negative or abusive or, or even just, you know, it's not matching that. Well, that sounds like a great belief system. So you probably need to change your environment. And that means whether it's boundaries or changing the relationship completely or whatever the case may be, that's how you know which one should you change, positive or negative. I think that that is a fantastic point. And I think that what it brings up in my mind is uh, a book by Scott Peck called People of the Lie. And it's all about people living in self-betrayal. So if we Whoa. if we take our value system and our belief system to match our mediocrity, we might find um, a low-grade pleasure, but it's not going to be the highest joy from acting in integrity with our beliefs and our values. So you're exactly the kind of coach that I'm looking for because you hold people accountable. Once you listen and ascertain what are your beliefs, what are your values, and are you living in accordance and in living in congruency 
And if not, what would you like to change? And change is, can be very painful. Change, change can be painful. Change can be exciting. Of, <laughs> I'm getting, and then having to reframe that getting out of my comfort zone is going to be painful and reframing that to getting out of my comfort zone is going to be exhilarating and exciting. So Matt, tell life me, begins where your comfort zone ends, Karen. Ah, yeah. Going to the RV, just going, whoa, this dad, now I see why you always wanted an RV. My mother never did. Finally, he went and got one and went anyway. And he had a ball. He made so many friends doing his dream. So Matt, tell me, I want to go into the next segment in just a minute. I want you to just define for us, those of us who have heard those three little letters, NLP. <laughs> what in the yeah. heck is NLP and how can it help me to become the best version of myself? And we can start that, but it's going to be longer than a minute. So go ahead and jump in. Well, let me give you let me give you the 30 second version is NLP stands for neuro linguistic programming. I've been training and teaching NLP for the better part of 15 years. I learned from Tony Robbins originally and many other NLP trainers. The easiest way to look at NLP is I like to define it as the lost user manual for your mind. You know, if you only had the manual that showed you how your mind actually works, connecting your emotions, your mental capacity and your actions together to get the results you want. Well, I'm excited to hear more about this owner's manual because I did not come with one. Would you give us your website really quickly? Oh, that's a great idea. And actually, I have a gift for everybody that you'll find out this website. It's nlpwithmatt.com. If you head to nlpwithmatt.com, I actually have my entire NLP course curriculum manual up there for free. It's 74 pages, full color. You can dive in, get your feet wet, and actually explore what this whole neurolinguistic programming thing even is at nlpwithmatt.com. Well, I'm heading over on the break, and I hope the rest of you are too. We'll be right back with more with Matt Browning, NLP expert, and here we go. We'll be right back after this message. Welcome to the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace. One happy listener at a time. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America. This is Carolyn Grant, and this is exciting. I am loving this. It is June. I've been celebrating the men I love all month long. You know, I probably need longer than just June to do that, but I am so grateful because the man that I'm interviewing today has made a huge difference in my, in my confidence levels. When I met Matt, when I met you, Matt, like I had had a head injury um, or I 
quickly I had remember. right after. And boy, that just kind of threw me for a loop. And then I meet this man who is an expert at neuro-linguistic programming, everything to do with the mind and the brain and the senses. So Matt, we're gonna jump right in. You were extremely patient, very helpful as I regrouped and had to remember, what am I doing on earth? What am I here for? What is my purpose, calling and mission? But you do that for people that do not have brain injuries. You do that for all of us. And coming to this life is kind of like suffering a little bit from amnesia. You know, we go through these experiences that feel like a bump on the head and we start to forget and the brain doesn't know the difference between real or perceived experiences. And so as you were talking about in a previous segment, this little six-year-old, this driven entrepreneur in every single one of us, slowly over time, we forget these passions, these dreams, whatever they might've been to be a figure skater or a concert pianist or, or an ice cream truck man. And then we have to remember, we have to wake up and remember. And I would love for you to share with our listening audience, how can NLP help me to remember what on earth I am doing here? Get to the point, purpose, calling, mission, quit wasting time, separate the priorities from the, from the, what is the word? Distractions be about my father's business. You and I are both very faith-based. We love the Lord. And we believe that we have a mission here upon the earth. But how can NLP help each one of us to do that? If someone were to call you, go to your website, download the 74-page manual, what would we get from Matt Browning? You know, Karen, you're talking about purpose and passion and calling and, you know, these are words that I love them too, but I think they're also very overused sometimes today where, you know, it's like you can't throw a rock without hitting someone on stage at a seminar talking about how you need your purpose and your calling and, and how whatever you do, you should do that. If we're going to understand this, and when I talk about purpose, when I talk about passion, it's like, what's that thing that lights you up? You can wake up in the morning, it's easy to do, but you need to match it with your talents. So your talents are the things that, whether it's God-given or a skill that you've built over time, that you're able to do, okay? So for instance, I have a passion for like worship leading, right? I have a passion. I would love to be a worship leader. I'd love to sing. Um, however, I lack the talent and I'm a little bit tone deaf. And if I tried to try out and send an email to the church saying, can you, can I try out? They'd be like, did you send this to the wrong place? Yeah, I think you're looking for a different department. <laughs> so it's important that the talents that either, again, we, we come to the earth with, or we can go get those skills. Sometimes it's, it's a, you can learn a skill set, but you do need to make sure they match. In the world of NLP, the place to start before you even begin to look at how was I created and why am I here? We need to start in a little thing that it's actually in the beginning of my NLP manual I call the reality structure. And the reality structure is understanding the concept that what I see, smell, taste, hear, etc. in front of me is not necessarily what we call an objective reality, Karen. So Quick example, say I looked at, at a, there's a laptop computer in front of me. It's a MacBook. I love Mac. Now, objectively, you and I could probably agree, and everyone in this office here could agree that this computer is a computer and it's right in front of me, right? There's no one's going to disagree to that. That's objective reality. 
NLP studies and breaks down how to change what we call the subjective reality. In layman's terms, subjective reality is reality that's subject to the observer, the person interacting with it. So the question is, is this gray or charcoal colored? Is it expensive or affordable? Is it valuable or overpriced? Is it useful or is it cumbersome? Those are all subjective questions, and, and each person who interacts with this MacBook will have a different experience of it. So what NLP strives to help enlighten us on and teach and explore for each person is how do we individually create this subjective reality around us? Why is it one person loves clowns and one person brings them to tears? Why does one person love oysters, one person wants to spit them out? Why does one person love Mac and one person love PC? You can't have an objective conversation, why which one's better, because the truth is there's points to all of it. If we can understand subjective reality more powerfully, this is the, I mean, this is the path to peace politically. This is the path to success emotionally and in your career and everywhere else in life. It starts with understanding what are the filters that I look at the world through. So there's points to either side, right? Are you going to be a PC person or a Mac person? Are you a Republican or a Democrat? Are you a vegan or are you a meat eater? And there, the truth is there is not one objective answer. And that is one of the greatest problems facing the world today, I believe, is that people are coming at problems from an either or perspective, trying to have an, a quote unquote objective reality conversation. Hey, objectively, this is the best path. Well, it's not because the person engaging with the experience brings something to the table. You know, in, in quantum physics, Karen, um, there's a phrase that the observer and the observed is always and intimately connected, meaning the observer of the experiment cannot not affect the outcome simply by observing it. And in the world of neurolinguistic programming, we're studying how does each individual person subjectively create the experience that they're having. And most importantly, it's how do you change it if it's not working for you? And that's what actually what the entire NLP course is built around. I do live NLP practitioner courses. We certify life coaches and NLP practitioners. And that's what I was giving away at the last section at NLPwithMatt.com is the entire NLP manual. It's not a, like a freebie. It's not an introduction. It's just the entire course manual. You can play around, look through it, dive in, and start to explore what some of this teaching really is all about. Well, that is very generous, and I'm excited to do that. I hope that everybody will go to that website. Matt, give it to us again one more time. So sure. We can, so we it, write piece of down. cake. It's nlpwithmatt.com, and the whole manual is there for free, no catch, no strings attached, just nlpwithmatt.com, free NLP manual. Great way to get your feet wet. That's great. And for those of you who think you might just absolutely love that Matt is the next step in your journey, Go check out his NLP courses. Matt, you've written books, and I would love for you to give us a list of those titles and, and give us a description of what each one of those books is about. 
Well, this will be pretty fast. There's only two. <laughs> Wait. But I am uh, I'm really excited. We're actually working a publishing deal for a third book right now. Um, my first book in 2007 was Total Freedom from Addictions. Um, I've pivoted, it's still available on Amazon, but that's really about understanding that addiction, and I had my own experience with it, is a mindset, a belief. It's a habitual pattern. It's a brain condition. It's not, I don't believe it's a disease, and it's not your parents' fault. You can take control of it. My second book that I was really excited, it took me over 11 years to write a second book, is called The Firebox Principle, Seven Drives Fuel Every Entrepreneur. And it dives into the origin stories of what creates innovators, trailblazers, entrepreneurs, visionaries in the world, and what motivates them inside to do and create the things they've done and created. I do have, I don't know if we want to get too complicated, but I got a second gift if, any, if you want it. If you go to uh, fireboxbook.com, Dot com because the book is called the firebox principle so fireboxbook.com i have a firebox quiz and you can take the quiz it's totally free again no strings attached if you love quizzes if you're like my wife loves facebook quizzes loves enneagram quizzes all that stuff if you can learn more about who you are and this is a really short simple quiz that will tell you which of the seven motivational drives is most likely fueling you from the inside out so go over to fireboxbook.com and take the Firebox quiz. There's a link right there. And my most recent book that we're working on now, it's called Driven to Courage. It's inspiring stories from entrepreneurs and visionaries who are overcoming. And we're co-authoring it with a four-time Olympian who is going to be the oldest Winter Olympian in history. And he's training for the next Olympic Games now. Wow. I am so excited. That's the story. <laughs> What that is amazing. I am so excited about all three of those books. I'll tell you why when we come back after this break. This is Karen Lynn Grant, Joy Coaching America with Matt Browning. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace, one happy listener at a time. This is Carolyn Grant, Joy Coaching America, with guest Matt Browning. Matt, I have to tell you that we ended that on such an accelerated note for me because it was about it was about a week ago when I woke up to the words in my mind, just like, you know, you get those inaudible whispers and the words were refuel your fire. And then you wow. about refueling, go back. Tell me what you were saying right before we ended that one. Tell us about that book. All yeah, about you're talking firebox principle and yes. 
Yeah, the, the idea behind the, the book, it, it was the first book that got me refueled up off the couch to go, you know, I think I need to write a new book. And it, I hadn't written one in over 10 years. I started, I was interviewing, it started with my podcast, The Driven Entrepreneur. And I've been interviewing a ton of great entrepreneurs and trailblazers. And I've had, you know, Olympians on and, you know, the co-founder of the Ritz Carlton. And, you know, I had uh, Dean Kane Superman and, you know, so actors and just people from all walks of life. And what started really intriguing me was the what I call the origin story. So everybody had this story of kind of how they got inspired and got into the business they're in, why they created it. And I began asking the question, I wonder if there's patterns to the motivational factors that motivate people subconsciously to get into the, the field they're in. So I began researching, not just from people I interviewed, but even people I couldn't gain access to. I read biographies and autobiographies and, and interview snippets from people past and present entrepreneurs. So we have people like, you know, um, um, Andrew Carnegie to Alexander Graham Bell to Vince McMahon, the chairman of the World Wrestling Entertainment, uh, to Dean Cain Superman, uh, to James Dyson, who started the Dyson vacuum cleaner dynasty. And what I found is every one of their stories always drilled down to one of seven potential motivating factors. That was it. There wasn't any more than that. And I wow. won't go through all of them now. You know, it would be a long list. But, you know, one of them that I find interesting is the significance drive. And the significance drive is the drive to be and be seen as significant which not always, but generally stems from someone who was maybe in their father's shadow or didn't feel significant early on. There's exceptions to the rule, but the significance drive means, you know, I want to create something and it, so it sounds egotistical, but it's not. It's like, I want to leave a lasting legacy. I want there to be a statue of me in the park one day because of what I did. And these drives interact with each other. But that one I find most fascinating because did you know that most empires are built on low self-esteem? Well, this is fascinating. This you call that the Napoleon complex, right? Where oh, I don't yeah. feel good enough about myself in some way, shape or form, and or I need to prove it to people. Sometimes it's not feeling insignificant. It's feeling like I need to prove that I'm good enough to someone in my life. But that motivation can lead to creating some huge empires, businesses, nonprofits, ministries. It doesn't it doesn't have to be even for profit, but it can be that factor. That is really fascinating. I, I cannot, I really sincerely cannot wait to find out what the other six are. Can you just give us a little clue? Just yeah. Well, well, first off, obviously I'm going to send you a copy of the book, Karen. You're going to get that signed. You'll have that to read. It's a really quick read, really fun, <laughs> but we have, we have all different, you know, drives. In fact, I know we're on the radio, but I got one sitting right here, the firebox principle. Wow, it's got a beautiful cover. I love that. Well, talk about refuel your fire. I think that uh, somebody upstairs was preparing me to read your book because refuel your fire. I woke up and I turned to my husband. And I said, I don't know what this means, but I just got this whisper that said refuel your fire. And I think that all of us coming out of COVID, you know, yeah. there were some of us that slunk into comfort zones and it's time to be up and about your goodness, your greatness, your excellence. And so to have seven ident identifications where you might read this and find 
can you can you be some of a few can you can you see yourself in a few of them or is it pretty much strictly you're you're one of the seven no think of it like it's almost in order sometimes so when you take the quiz and i i want you to do this and let me know what you find okay. karen i think it'll be really fascinating there's usually a primary drive and a secondary drive and they're a little different. So let me quickly just tell you the seven. There's the significance drive, the need to be great, the artisan drive, because it's beautiful. Some people are driven by the art itself. And you can do that. Warren Buffett falls in the artisan drive. He's not driven by money. He still you know, drives a car a few years old. He lives in his old 1950s Nebraska house, but he's driven by the art of the game and figuring it out. Um, the world impact drive, making a dent in the universe, right? And this is your Elon Musk's and your Steve Jobs and so forth. The contribution drive, that's all about the people. And you're driven because, you know, this is what you find a lot in ministry, although not all the time, unfortunately, very often, your mother Teresa's and so forth. Um, the spiritual drive, which is different. The spiritual drive is because there's a higher power directing me. And you mm -hmm. just, I'm driven to do this because I believe God said it or my experience of God said it. The last two are the thrive drive. And the thrive drive is about, I would say, advancing your station in life. So whether that's going from I'm broke and I grew up in the ghetto and I ain't going back, right? Like Eminem would have the thrive drive. He said, I grew up in the trailer park and I'm not going back to the trailer park. Or maybe, you know, you're, you grew up in a nice family, but now you want the Maserati. Now you want the lake house and you're driven to thrive in life and give your kids more than you had or to have more, do more, etc. And my favorite one, I'm actually doing a TED talk uh, in a little over a month on this is the Avenger drive. And the talk is called, are you driven like an Avenger? And the concept of the Avenger drive is taking a wrong and making it right. Or sometimes the Avenger is driven by revenge, meaning someone has hurt me. Someone said, you can't do this and you'll never amount to anything. And I'm going to set out and prove them wrong. Lamborghini was founded on as an Avenger. He wanted to prove Enzo Ferrari wrong because Mr. Lamborghini was a, uh, uh, a farm uh, mechanic working on farm engines. And he came in to test drive a Ferrari when his business was doing well. Enzo Ferrari said, here's my Ferraris. And he said, you know, I could help you improve these engines. And he didn't want to hear it from a lowly tractor mechanic. So he went off and proved him wrong by starting Lamborghini. And there's every single chapter has story upon story of entrepreneurs, famous and otherwise, that have been driven by a different drive to give you examples and illustrations so you can relate in your own life. I even share my own personal stories in there too. Well, I love it because you get to take a test. If you don't know- Oh, it's just a quiz, me, just a quiz. You get to take a little <laughs> pop quiz on what's driving you. I think it's awesome. You know, you talked about that one that's driven by those who said you wouldn't or you couldn't say that's I won't. Right. There is an, a, an amazing song for that particular drive. And that is by Mercy Me, Say I Won't. Matt, I want you to go find it. Oh, it, I love that one, yeah. Say I Won't. It is so good. My husband kept saying, well, why would it say, say I won't? I said, it's all about, it's saying, say I won't, and I will. Watch. That's right. I will. I'm excited about this. I think that this is wonderful. Any of you who are entrepreneurs, this is an excellent quiz to take, book to read, as well as uh, self-reflection. But what about for those who don't see themselves as entrepreneurs? I mean, what about someone who might have been suppressed in their childhood 
what if you have some entrepreneurialism in you that just got punched down and repressed and suppressed by a well-meaning parent or, or the world that said, you've got to have an eight to five. There's no other reason to be alive than an eight to five. And you- It's especially a- for those people. I'll tell I you that it, right now. Yeah, I think, whoa, way to go. Way to, way to wake up the drive in everyone. So, you know, a lot of people think that entrepreneurism is about business and I don't believe it is. So for me, an entrepreneur is someone that's willing to take a risk in order to create. And that's what it's about. So whether you're an innovator, a scientist, a trailblazer, an artist, uh, a, a parent, you could have that entrepreneur spirit inside you. Are you willing to risk in order to create, in order to make a dent, in order to contribute something. And that's an entrepreneur. I love that. And I I feel like the common denominator in people that don't want to take a risk is either the fear of failure or the fear of success. So could you address in the last minute of this quick paced, this has been so fast, but- Sure, it's gotta be one of those two. Overcoming fear, overcoming the fear facing it and forging through anyway. I'll give you a quick NLP trick. It's real simple. Now, if you're driving, don't do this. Don't close your eyes, but otherwise close your eyes. And if you're imagining someplace in the future, the fear and anxiety both are emotions that are what we call temporal emotions. They are based in time only. What it means is if you're in the wrong time position, you can feel the feeling. But if you change the perspective, it's impossible to feel fear. Fear has to be a a feeling of the future. So if I look at an event tomorrow and I'm scared that it'll succeed and what that'll mean, or I'll fail and what that'll mean, instead of trying to work through all this stuff on a therapy couch for 10 years, just imagine yourself floating past there on a timeline, past there in your future, turn around and look back at the event. But now your perspective, if you follow me on this, is looking at the event as if it already happened. How, and it'll disappear. How can you be scared about what you've already done successfully? It's impossible. We do a lot of that again in the NLP course and hope that helps a little bit. That is awesome. Matt, oh my gosh, feel the fear, do it anyway, Wayne Dyer. I love it. I Let's love go for it. This. And so excited to have you here today. And boom, there goes the buzzer. That's it. The magic buzzer, you guys, everybody. Go to those websites that Matt gave you. This is wonderful, Matt. So much information, power packed. This is Carolyn Grant, Joy Coaching America, Matt Browning. You're awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Karen.